The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome to the famous Friday episode of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the freaky deaky queen herself. <laughs> Laura Jameson. I say that, hi, Laura. That's me. Hi. <laughs> ah, <laughs> all right. So I have been chomping at the bit to get this one done because this is a fascinating story. This is part two of Catherine Mary Knight. Freaky ass chick, man. <laughs> Seriously. Her her story is really like a... It, it's like Clive Barker got together with a soap opera writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree. And they had this love child, and her name is, you know, Catherine Knight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to start off with part two, with Pricey Paid, the Ultimate Price. So if you don't know what's going on, go back to part one from last week and listen to it. It's a fascinating story. That's our Friday from last week. The following account is is a complete report by crime scene investigator, detective, senior constable. That's a long fucking title. That is a name. Peter Anthony Musio who was the first officer into the premises after the initial discovery of John Price's body. In cases such as this, it's the detective's job to piece together the macabre facts firsthand from the evidence at the murder scene before anyone else touches a damn thing. (laughs) So they're like, hey, we're going to come in. He's like, no, No, you're not. You back the fuck out of here is what the fuck you're going to do, mate. About 10 a.m. Wednesday, the 1st of March in 2000, in company with Detective Sergeant Neil Raymond, I attended the premises at 84 uh, St. Andrew Street, Aberdeen, in relation to an alleged homicide. There I spoke to a number of police, uh, including Duty Officer Graham uh, Furlonger, Detective Sergeant Bob Wells, and Senior Constable Michael Prentice. Pre- Prentice. Prentice. That's it. Prentice. The premises is a single-story, three-bedroom dwelling which faces generally south into St. Andrew Street. The premises was built towards an eastern side of the block, leaving the grass area on the western side where three vehicles were parked. These vehicles consisted of a white Toyota four-wheel drive, a white Ford sedan, and a white Toyota Land Cruiser Utility. A lot of white going on. God damn. <laughs> Some colors, motherfucker. <laughs> there were two galvanized steel garden sheds in the rear yard. One at each end, at each rear corner. This was also, uh, there was also a brick barbecue against the eastern boundary. The dwelling had a full-length Verdea. Is that it? Full-length veranda. Veranda. God damn it. I should have known You're that. You're Southern. You should know this. <laughs> My brain is still on sleep mode. Mine too. Mine too. It's at a full-length veranda across the southern sides with a smaller veranda central to the rear of the premises. My attention was drawn to a piece of cooked meat on the rear lawn in front of the white Ford sedan. I made an examination of the piece of meat and collected it for further testing. During my examination, I took a series of photographs of the premises and the piece of cooked meat on the lawn. Because it's barbecue time. <laughs> I'm hungry for barbecue. I entered the premises on, uh, to conduct 
uh, cursory examination with Detective Sergeant Raymond, I walked in through the rear door into the kitchen. Once inside the kitchen, I saw a large section of what appeared to be a human skin hanging from the top. Uh, Archive? Ar- Architrave? The top of the doorway. Yeah, the fucking top of the doorway. <laughs> it works for me. I'm too tired for this now. <laughs> Leading to the lounge room. This piece of skin extended from the top of the doorway right to the floor and appeared to be an entire human skin. Because she is good with that knife. She is, man. That chick knows how to bone. <laughs> In more ways than one. Yes. Looking through the, this doorway into the lounge room, I could see a headless and skinless human body. I walked east along the, high, uh, along the hallway and looked into the entry foyer and saw an extreme amount of blood pooled on the floor. There was also a large amount of blood smearing over the eastern wall of the entry. I walked further east along the hallway and noticed some blood staining, uh, staining leading from the main bedroom. In this bedroom, I noticed more blood staining, however, only moderate amounts. I then left the scene and had a and had a discussion with Sergeant Raymond and other investigating police outside of the scene. Then I re-entered the premises and I made a more detailed examination. The rear door of the premises opened onto the laundry off of the western side uh, off this uh, is the kitchen dining room. The laundry contained a, steel, a stainless steel tub uh, in the northeast corner and a washing machine further south along the eastern wall. There was a built-in cupboard in two separate wooden louvered doors in the southern wall of the laundry. On the western wall of the laundry was a cavity sliding door that gave access to the dining room and the kitchen. The room was divided into two sections, with the kitchen being the western end and the dining room being the eastern end. The dining room contained a wood and steel dining room table, which had three matching seats placed around it. There were items of clothing draped over the back of each of the three chairs. On the dining room table was a tool bag, some clothing, a small blue folder, an electrical toy god gorilla, and some prescription medicine boxes. So now we're into madness. <laughs> I noticed blood staining on the shoulder area of the blue shirt, which was draped over the chair on the western side of the table. The medication on the table consisted of three boxes of Felder ER uh, 5 milligram of which two were empty. This medication normally contains two strips of each containing 15 tablets. However, there was only one full strip containing 15 tablets. There was also one empty box of... Prinaville? Prinaville. Prinaville. 20 tablets. An empty box of Depotabs uh, was also on the table. This medication, when full, uh, when full, contains 90 tablets at 2.5 milligrams. The fourth chair of the set was against the northern wall under the bench portion of the breakfast bar. 
I took a series of I took a series of photographs of the dining room. The kitchen was uh, was in the east portion of the room. It consisted of a table, bench with uh, overhead cupboards, along along the eastern wall. About central to the bench was an electric cooktop, which had a baking dish and an aluminum boiler on it. Along the southern wall was was a wall oven, and further east was a two-door built-in pantry and a freestanding fridge. Along the northern wall was another bench which incorporated the sink, and further east was a breakfast bar that protruded from the northern wall south into the kitchen and divided the kitchen into the dining room. So we're getting a pretty good view of what Detailed, the fuck this place yep. I've seen pictures of it, so I can, I'm like seeing it in my mind. <laughs> Hell, I'm just reading it and seeing it in my mind. It's awesome. All of that medication, by the way, is for high blood pressure. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, Being around her. I would need that, too. Yeah. As mentioned earlier, I I saw what appeared to be a complete human skin or pelt hanging from the top uh, archive, whatever it is, Yeah. on the top of the door, separating the dining room and the lounge room. On closer examination, I could distinguish black curly hair at the top a nose, and part of a mouth and ear. About halfway down the pelt, I could see <laughs> a pelt of short, black, <laughs> curly hair consisting of pubic hair. Oh, my God. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I could not recognize any other particular features as it continued to the floor. The edges of the pelt were uh, incised, indicating to me that it had been removed with a sharp instrument. There were also a number of dis, uh, direct, distinct stab wounds on the pelt. About a meter down from the top, the pelt was attached to the top of the door by a stainless steel meat hook. Oh, boy. Damn. The hook was pierced through the top of the head area and the pelt uh, of the pelt and then hooked over the top of the door on the lounge room uh, side of the door. The skin appeared to be very, very in, it appeared to vary in thickness from approximately one to four centimeters. I noticed a blood trail leading from the lounge room into the kitchen towards the kitchen cooktop in the vicinity of the aluminum broiler. Boiler. The boiler was on the right side rear element, which was at the time turned off. When I lifted the lid and the, of the boiler, I noticed. It was warm to the touch. Hmm. Somebody's been cooking. Uh-huh. Now we're getting into the cannibalism. The pile was full of liquid, and on the surface I could identify a skinned human head and the, and a number of cooked vegetables. At, At least, least it was veggies. seasoned. <laughs> well, seasoned, and you need veggies. You need veggies. Yeah, you do. On the northern side of the aluminum broiler, I saw a baking dish which was sitting across the right front element. Inside of the baking dish, I saw an amount of liquid and the remains of a baked, of baked vegetables. Just to the right of the northern side of the cooktop, I saw two prepared meals. Each of the meals consisted of two pieces of cooked meat, baked potato, baked pumpkin, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy. Hey, she's into gravy. I'm, I'm cool with that. I man. love gravy. Me too. Good gravy. It has to be good. Yes. Gravy. Yes. 
Underneath each of the meals was a torn section of kitchen paper with the name written on it. The word Becky was written in blue ink uh, pen on one of these pieces, while the other uh, was Jonathan. It looks like it says Beaky. I know it's Becky, but (laughs) it looks like it says Beaky. I'm going to put Becky in there because that's probably what it should be. The, the pieces of meat appeared on plates were similar to, pe- to the piece I collected from the rear lawn. <laughs> on the section of the kitchen bench across the northern wall were a number of items of interest. On the western end of the bench, I saw a green electric jug with blood staining about the handle. In the sink, I saw an orange-colored vegetable peeler and the vegetable peelings from potato, pumpkin, zucchini, and onion. On the eastern side of the sink, I saw a cream-colored microwave dish containing cooked cabbage leaves and clearish clearish liquid. In front of the microwave dish, I saw a brown-colored coffee cup that was sitting on a wooden cupboard, uh, cupboard, cutting cutting board. God damn, on a wooden cutting board. Jesus Christ. Inside the coffee cup was a teaspoon with a small quantity of thick brown liquid similar to gravy. There was also residue of gravy, uh, grape-type substance, on the cutting uh, upboard. Just to the right of the cutting upboard was a yellow-handled swibbo, 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 yeah, knife, and two forks. I don't know what a swibbo knife is, but okay. The handle of the knife was bloodstained. I wonder if it's like a steak knife. That's what I'm kind of wondering. On the eastern side of the breakfast bar, I saw a small black-handled knife, which was bloodstained, and four empty medication blister packs. Ah, they're boning knives. Oh. Which makes sense, yeah. That would actually make sense with her, because she's, you know. Yeah. She's like a pro boner. It was sharp as fuck. (laughs) One blister pack was labeled Lavox, and had 15 tablets missing. yeah. Two blister packs labeled... Aeropacks. Aeropacks. There you go. Thank you. I don't know medication names. And then 10 tablets missing from each packet. And the blister packs labeled... Promethazine. Yeah. I got that one. Promethazine had 20 tablets missing. I saw a blood-stained gravy, uh, a gray coffee cup, which contained a white fatty substance. There was also Mm. an empty tube. Tuhees? Tuhees? Um, it's a brand. Tuhees. Tuhees. Yeah, that's what I would say. Brand beer stubby. A packet of Winfield Red cigarettes and a black wallet belonging to the deceased on the bench. On the western side of the breakfast bar, I saw a Norton brand bench stone sharpening stone. Of course, we can keep those knives sharp. Keep that sharp. (laughs) All the better to cut you with, my dear. On the southern side of the cooktop, on the bench against the western wall of the kitchen, was a microwave oven. In front of the microwave was the remains of a roll of paper towels and a blue plastic lid. This guy's super descriptive, man. Holy Well, he has smokes. to be. I mean. <laughs> like, I believe in being descriptive, but this dude, holy cow, there was a fly. His name was Henry. He was wearing white <laughs> socks. Fuck. That was also the two. The two first medications are like, um, like a an SSRI, and one is more of a 
like anti-anxiety and then oh. uh the promethazine is like a like an antihistamine oh that's probably why i heard of it then yeah okay uh primary this lid lift uh fitted the microwave dish that was on the kitchen sink i also noted that the microwave door was open and the courtesy light was on on the cork tiled floor of the kitchen at the southwest corner of the kitchen bench, I saw a blood-stained bare foot. Bear is in, like, n- naked, not bears, like, roar. <laughs> like, they, they don't have bears running in blood in and out. I took one step in the house, and it was like, oh, like, no, oh, man, I better no. get out of here. I'm out of here. Ranger Smith won't go for this shit. <laughs> Fuck this picnic. I don't want to be the next pelt hanging over the door. <laughs> no, she's done it once. She's, she'll, she'll do, do it, it again. again. This lady's crazy. We didn't know she was the pro boner. <laughs> this footprint was this footprint was from a right foot of a person, and at the time the person was standing adjacent to the kitchen bench, while the right foot facing north. With the right right foot was facing north. I noticed blood staining to the fridge on both the handle and the door of the fridge section, and the eastern side of the unit. The staining to the door handle contains some. Uh, Ridge structures, structure, some ridge structure, and was in a position consistent with opening the door with a bloodied hands. With bloodied hands. There were also smears on the eastern face of the fridge, and lower down, staining from droplets of blood that had come in contact with the surface. Because there was blood everywhere on everything. Yeah, damn. Yep. Clean as you go. That's that's my tip for today. <laughs> yes. Yes. As mentioned earlier, the lounge room was off to the southern side of the kitchen and dining room. The two rooms being separated by a cavity sliding door. On the eastern side of the lounge room was an opening of 1.6 meters wide. Is that big? I don't know what meters. Um, no, not, not really. Yeah. 1.6? Is that... Okay, we'll go with that. Which gave... Oh. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Uh, Y, which gave access to the front entry of the premises. The lounge room contained a single seat lounge chair in the southeast corner, and further west against the wall was a three-seater lounge suite and another single lounge seat in the southwest corner. From this corner, north against the western wall, was a slowly co- was a slow combustion heater and another single lounge chair. Along the northern wall of the northwestern corner of the lounge, wooden display cabinet, a smaller display cabinet, the doorway was the doorway to the kitchen dining room and a single lounge chair in the northeastern corner. Holy shit. That's a lot to fucking read. This is just way too fucking descriptive. Look at the goddamn pictures. Here's a picture of the... uh, I'm going to take a look at this shit. The dish. It was like... Oh, yeah. With the veggies and stuff. Yep, I copied that one. Yeah. It actually looked really good. I thought it looked good. It looks like pot roast. I mean, I saw her picture too. She's kind of homely, but that shit looks pretty good. Did you see? And then, like, all the the blood down the hallway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I, I see yeah. it. I've seen it with my own eyes. 
the skinless and headless body of a person now known to me as John Charles Price was in was in a supine position with his legs protruding into the entry foyer. From knees down, there was a substantial amount of blood smearing over the carpet around the body. As mentioned earlier, there was also an extreme amount of blood pooling on the floor of the entry of the foyer. In this blood pool and staining marks where the body of the deceased had been dragged about one meter from about the middle of the entry foyer into the, onto the carpet in the lounge room. The deceased was laying on his back with his legs across his feet. The left ankle was on top of the right. His left arm was extended out from the body at an angle of about 45 degrees. Under the left wrist of his arm was an empty plastic 1.2 liter Shelly's Club lemon squash bottle. God damn, okay. <laughs> so fucking descriptive. Dude, you could got <laughs> like him Like Stephen that. King wrote it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Like fucking Jesus Christ. The right arm was extended and laying along the body. On the floor adjacent to the right arm of the deceased, was a blood-stained 31-centimeter yellow plastic-handled knife. The blade of the knife was 17.5 centimeters long. The body was virtually devoid of skin and flesh, exposing the muscles and some organs. There were a number of wounds present on the body, one of the worst obvious being a stab wound to the left side of the chest, which extended into the chest cavity. Because she knew exactly where to hit. Oh, hell yeah. She knew what she was doing? Yeah. She's a professional boner. Yep. As stated, the body was uh, had been skinned in a manner that leads me to believe that the person responsible would have had skill in this area. Yes, she did. Oh, yeah. From the blood staining on the carpet, I was able to determine that the deceased had been skinned prior to being decapitated. There was a definite outline of, a, of the head and the blood staining on the carpet. Examination of the neck region of the deceased indicated that the head had been removed very carefully and cleanly with a sharp instrument. On the seat of the single lounge chair in the northeast corner of the room, adjacent to the shoulders of the deceased, was a black-handled honing steel. And that's a sharpening. So for those yeah. of you that don't yeah. know. And an opened packet of Winfield Blue cigarettes. I also noted bloody handprints on the back of the arms of the chair. On the northern wall of the western side of the door to the kitchen was a small display cabinet. Laying on this cabinet was a broken picture frame containing a picture of the deceased. Laying on top of the picture frame was a blood-stained watch. Oh, boy. To the west of the photograph, still on top of the cabinet, was a blood-stained handwritten note, together with another broken picture on the top of that. Apart from being blood-stained, it had small pieces of flesh in it. The note was poorly written and contained very basic spelling mistakes. It reads, quote, I got you back, Jonathan, for raping. It says rapping, but it meant raping. My doubter, D-O-U-T-E-R, which is daughter. You, 
You too, Beck, for Ross, for Little John. Now play with Little John's dick, John Price. Okay. 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 <laughs> These allegations, by the way, were baseless. She made shit up all the time. Well, yeah, because she's fucking crazy. Yeah. It was evidence to it was evident to Detective Mustico that Catherine Knight had murdered John Price, skinned and decapitated him, and cooked his head and served it and portions of his buttocks. That's his ass, y'all. <laughs> the pieces of meat in the backyard also proved to be from the victim's butt. Okay. On plates for herself and his two children for dinner when or if they returned to the house for some time at some time. Which is now like, like I, I'm never going back now. Yeah, yeah. We ain't never going back to this moment. No. Given that Price's son and daughter, the Beck and little John mentioned in the note, were away from the house when the murder occurred, it seemed uh, hardly likely that they would be returning for a meal at a prearranged time. Detective Masiko also said, I remember walking down the hallway and at about shoulder height, there were all these blood splatter marks on the walls. To me, it's indicative of each attack. He's absolutely fighting for his life. The blokes just had uh, a bonk sexual, which means sexual intercourse in, like, Australian. Like, <laughs> the bonking, mate. <laughs> in bed, when he wakes up, then stab, stab, stab. He's getting up. There's uh, arterial spurting on, on the robe and the bed. And on the doorway, there's a bloodied handprint uh, or swipe on the western side of the door near the dressing table and blood around the light switch. It looks like he's he tried uh, to turn the light switch on. And then all down the hallway, there are bloody handprints everywhere. And he's almost made it. He's opening the door. The screen door is shut. There's blood stain in uh, trajectory again. Flickering out across the the front door, he's almost made it, but he wouldn't have survived. He would have been absolutely horrified and terrified. Probably terrified for uh, more than horrified, trying to get out and all the time being stabbed. Jeez. Fucking vicious. That would be a horrible way to die. (laughs) Oh, shit, man. That's how fucking Dawn's going to take me out. So I'm already prepared for this She's shit. not going to be that messy. Come on now. She might be. She's just going to lose her shit one day. <laughs> An autopsy revealed that the victim was dead <laughs> when he was skinned. A razor-sharp knife had been inserted just under his collarbone and sliced horizontally across the top of his body, from shoulder to shoulder, right under the clavicles. It was a straight, clean cut. Uh, anatomically precise. Then the knife was turned and cut down the chest and over the stomach to the pubic hair line and made into a T with another straight line. But did she do it in 30 seconds? That's what I'm wondering, man. (laughs) How fast did she do it? (laughs) She was pretty good with a bony knife. She might have. Tracing the knife tip around the pubic area and, and careful not to cut his penis or genitals, the killer cut down the front of John Price's thighs, over the knees, and to his feet. The killer then moved up the body, held his arms up, 
<laughs> and cut down the back of each one and across the top of the victim's head. The killer then peeled the victim's skin off, including his head, his hair, his face, all the way down the length of his body to the feet, exposing the victim's intestines. Yummy. I'm hungry for barbecue. <laughs> the entire skin was in one piece, including hair, face, ears, nose, mouth, genitals, and, com- and complete stab holes and dripping in blood hanging from the S-hook in the doorway. The feet were dragging on the ground. The killer then removed the victim's head clean with the C3 and C4 junction. At the C3 and C4 junction, that's up your spot. Right at the top of the shoulders using a very sharp knife. The cut was precise and clean. The killer would have been covered in warm, sticky blood. According to the forensic pathologist, Dr. Timothy Lyons, who performed the autopsy, the whole procedure would have taken less than 40 minutes. All right, there we go. That's a lot more work than just taking off someone's arm or leg, though. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. This chick's dedicated. Super precise. Hell yeah. But she wasn't trying to put on a show for people watching. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that surgeon would have approved. Yeah. Yeah. Despite intensive questioning... Catherine Knight denied having any recollection of what happened that night after she arrived at the house and they had sex, uh, and she had sex with her lover. Having recovered from her alleged suicide attempts a week later, on March 6 of 2000, Catherine Knight was charged with John Price's murder at, uh, at a special bedside sitting at, in the Maitland District Hospital psychiatric wing. In a bizarre twist... It was discovered that after she had alleged, allegedly murdered her lover, her lover. Ah! What the hell was that? The fan. The dog and the fan. Dog just knocked over my fan. <laughs> and I almost shit my pants. <laughs> I thought. I thought this is the end. I finally got shot. People were tired of my bullshit. Finally, fucking shot me. That's what happened. <sighs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> You're gonna die of Fuck shock. You all. You know what? This is for all of you. Well, fuck you all. God damn it. That was good. I need a fucking drink after this bullshit. And after this, I've got more band practice. This is going to be great. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, where the hell was I before I pooped my pants? Okay, In a bizarre twist. <laughs> In a bizarre twist, somebody shot me. Um, <laughs> it was discovered that after she had allegedly murdered her lover, Catherine had gone into Aberdeen and withdrawing a thousand dollar from John's Price's bank account from an ATM machine, just an ATM, an automatic teller. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. At her trial, October uh, in October of two thousand one, Catherine Knight saved John Price's uh, distraught family the ordeal of having to hear all of the evidence by pleading guilty. According to the court-appointed psychiatrist, she was perfectly sane when she committed the crimes. But November. to be fair, she's never been perfectly sane. No, she's ever, been a nut job since fucking ever. day one. Yeah. On November 8th, Justice Barry O'Keefe sentenced Catherine Mary Knight to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. The judge said that her papers were to be marked never to be released. She has since appealed the... Uh, severity. Oh, so that is severity. I gotta get new glasses, man. Severity of her sentence. 
is open to debate as to whether or not uh, Kath Knight ate parts of her lover after she cooked his head and slices of his buttocks. It was hard to say if all the pieces of John Price were accounted for. To this day, she maintains that all she recalls of that night is that they had good sex and both climaxed. <laughs> well, hey, at least you remember the uh, sex, right? Yeah. Uh, too, too bad he didn't enjoy that as much as you did. Well, he did. He it was just everything that happened afterwards that was not good. After great sex, they become stabbity. Yeah. Good thing to know. Yeah. Then she remembers that Price, uh, that Pricey got out of bed to go for a pee. And she watched him come back into the bedroom. After that, she presumes that she fell asleep, and that was that. In, in general, the general consensus of opinion, and in this case, everyone seems to have one, is that she ate part of John Price and found what she did so... Uh, Aberrant. Thank you. Aberrant that she uh, chooses to block it out of her mind. In Mullawa Woman's Correctional Center, Catherine Knight works as a cleaner in the governor's office. Although she she is a good cook, it is highly unlikely she will ever get a job in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No. I wouldn't trust her cleaning my office either. No. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Holy shit. Do you have anything you want to add to that no, one? No, no, I'm good. Fucking reading the description <laughs> of the place. Holy fuck. <laughs> Alrighty. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium. Crime Beat on Medium. Wherever you get your blogs, just type in at BrutalNation. We'll pop up. Get the full story with none of my bullshit. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. And if you listen on Spotify, feel free to, you know, maybe donate a little bit, a buck or two, buy us a cup of coffee. That'd be kind of nice. We could use it. Definitely use some more coffee. Um, let's see what else. And we, you know, I have some quizzes and tests and, uh, you know, questions that I've answered. Let's interact. Let's talk about this shit. This show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.